This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. For the 2023-2024 season, the West Ham Way is sponsored by Green King Sport, where football is more than a game. To celebrate, Green King is giving listeners of this podcast 20% off drinks until the 29th of October, an hour before, during and after the sport. All you need to do is download the Green King Sport app. If you've not downloaded it before, you'll even get a free welcome point. So head to the app store, download the Green King Sport app, get 20% off your round and don't miss a minute of the action. You're listening to the West Ham Way podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi. Hello and welcome to the West Ham Way podcast with myself, Dave Walker, an XWHU employee. Fresh from Villa Park, we talk about a bad day at the office for West Ham. What went so wrong? Why did Moyes stick with Antonio for so long? Surely now Kudis has to start. Can Baquetta be too casual at times? And why is Mubama not ahead of Ings as an option? We discuss this and more before getting news from X and answering questions from Patreons of the West Ham Way. Hello everyone, I hope you're all keeping well. Um, we've just got back from Villa Park, traffic was terrible, long journey home, and um, we're recording the podcast tonight, which as I speak to you now is 20 past 11 at night. Um, the reason being is that X is off on his holes for a couple of days. So um, I haven't really prepared in a normal way that I do in terms of structure, um, professionalism so this is potentially going to be the worst podcast you've ever listened to in your fucking life i'm just putting that out there disclaimer right um however that said x what went wrong because when you look at it many would argue that west ham have a better squad than aston villa yes we're away from home yes they're in form yes they're fifth but we're in form and we're seventh so how the hell do we perform like that and lose 4-1. What's your thoughts, mate? Well, I think the key difference for me is, yes, we have on-par squads. But there's one position where they are better. 
than us, and that's it up front. And, and quite simply for me, that's where the the key game-changing moments happen today. You know, on the balance of play, possession-wise, probably I haven't seen the stats, but, you know, I think we were in their half quite often. We got down the wings quite often. You know, there was there was chances there to be created. When we did create chances, there's not people getting on the end of them. Um, there's not enough forward play in the sense of holding the ball up or making runs or bringing others into play. And I just think, unfortunately, Antonio, and I don't like digging him out because he's been a great servant to the club. You know, there's games that he's won single-handedly on his day. He's, you know, as good a striker as anyone. But unfortunately, he doesn't have that day uh, as often as we'd like. And the problem is we have no alternative. You know, of course, there is the alternative of bringing Kudos into the starting 11, which I think undoubtedly has to be the next move. But yeah. he he or Bowen are not out-and-out out strikers, so you're going to have to change your formation to, to, or your style of play to do that. You bring on Danny Ings, who you know you can't really criticise Danny Ings on today's performance because he didn't really get know anything, but he's proven since we signed him that he's not a replacement for Antonio. Mabama, I think, should be given more of a chance than Ings, but for some reason he doesn't. So we just don't have that forward option. And then they have Ollie Watkins, and you know, Ollie Watkins, you know, had creative things. He was pacey. He was doing skills that brought others in. And then he goes and does that goal for the third for them, which is the difference because it was a great finish. You know, I do think the keeper could have maybe done a bit better than the defender, but at the end of the day, he's beaten the defender and smacked it in. You know, it's a good goal. And that's the difference. He scored out of that and we don't. And therefore they get more goals and we don't and they win the game. It's quite simply that, in my opinion, um, is a big, big factor. Of course, there's other factors, but that if you want me to say what the main factor is, I think that is the difference. We've, if yeah. you look at, you know, mate, at one point we had Kudos, Pakistan, Bowen sat behind Antonio. I mean, you, you can't get really a much better f- free behind that in terms mm. of creativity and attacking this. And then you got Antonio, who unfortunately on his day today just didn't perform, and there's no alternative to him. And this has been a problem for seasons now, and we have to address it. Well, we do. I mean, talking about Antonio, I mean, honestly, I asked myself the question have I ever seen Antonio play worse than what he did today in a West Ham shirt? And I don't think I have, you know. I mean, he was terrible, absolutely terrible. And I was tearing my hair out. Well, I would have if I hadn't. Um, but I, I don't know, mate. It, I mean, we just didn't turn up really. I mean, there were pockets of the game where we had a go. But I just think, you know, the quality in the final third was so different from Aston Villa to what it is with us. And we have got those players. So do you look at David Moyes and you think, okay, whilst those players haven't performed, the style of play doesn't suit those players. And 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 that is a key question, really. And I, I have to say that a lot of the questions that are coming into the show, um, a lot of the reactions are reactionary because only last week we're saying David Moyes seems to be playing more expansive football, more attacking, his in-game management seems to be better. But it almost seems like he's regressed today. And I don't think David Moyes performed very well. I mean, we're talking about Antonio I, I can't stress enough, and West Ham fans know this, he was fucking awful today. And we're talking Sunday League level. In fact, I think that's probably offensive to Sunday League players. We're talking about 
three yard passes that are going out for a throw. You know, we're talking about not making the runs. We're talking about blowing out your ass after 20 minutes. We're talking about having no effects whatsoever. And I'm jumping sort of to and from how I wanted to approach this. But David Moyes, I think, has to take some stick for this, to be honest. He really does. I I don't want to make this a witch hunt, but how has Antonio stayed on the pitch until the 90th minute? He was having the worst 45 minutes I've ever seen any player have ever. So at half-time, put Kudas on, who once again, to be honest, whilst he had a challenge on his hands, he looked good again. Put him on Mm. the pitch, take Antonio off, and suddenly you get a new dynamic. But he sticks with Antonio, he keeps him on. And, you know, we're losing the game 4-1. We're getting trounced at this point. In the 90th minute, he brings Mickey off and puts four nails on. What is the thought process behind that? Even taking Suchek off didn't make sense to me. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of question marks over the gaffer, I think, for me tonight. I, I don't know how you feel about it because I know you're you're very pro Moyes, but do you look at that performance tonight and you think, actually, Moyes, I think you might have got a few things wrong? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, as I said, the, the thing he's got wrong is this constant thing where we have this one forward. I mean, Antonio has been uh, injured for like a while. He said, he said he, he didn't really train um, like the, the week prior to the Newcastle game. He's been travelling around for Jamaica. He needs a rest. But once more, we, whether you know you argue we do have options. He, whatever options we have, he doesn't seem to rate as a as a striking alternative. And you, you can't have a Premier League team that just relies on a, a 33-year-old forward as your only real out-and-out forward. And this is, a, this is a converted winger. And, you know, the, the other thing as well, there was other individual mistakes. I mean, I think... I think Ariola could have done better for the first. The second yeah. goal... Second goal's a casual pass from Pakatar, which... Was, was poor, and then Alvarez has committed a, a, a ridiculous foul. So, you know, there, there was errors across the pitch, and, you know, it's very hard to to pick out any player, really, that played very well, hence why I haven't even put the Man of the Match award out, because I thought, really, you're just picking a, the best of a bad bunch type thing, mm. and, we, and we're not adding them up this year, so it's not essential. So I just, I've left it, because there wasn't that many that put in a shift today, and it was a bad day at the office, I think Moyes does have to take responsibility for that because, you know, ultimately if you perform like that and you have no plan B, then you've got to look to the manager. I think, of course, there's over-the-top reactions again uh, regarding him and his future and stuff, but, he, you know, he needs to sort this out. I think we've got Everton next week. You've You've got to get three points against Everton and he has to either get Antonio to perform better or, or drop him. It's quite simple. And and then you have to play Bowen up front, I think, and kudos on, on in Bowen's position. I think that's the alternative. Or, or give him a Barmer a go because we've given Ings a chance and he's not been able to deliver. And that, those are the alternatives. Um so yeah, it's a it's a disappointing it's a disappointing result. You know, whenever you lose four one, it's a it's a big defeat. I don't think four one is fully justified. I don't think we were that far different from them. But that said, it was a poor performance, so maybe we were. And and yeah, it's just yeah, it's disappointing. I think to try and bring some perspective to it, I mean, our 
are a good team. Um, but they're a very good team at Villa Park. You know, they're sitting um, high up in the league for that reason. Um, so at the start of the day, you know, they're sitting fifth. They're, they're two points off top. Um, at the start of the day, I would have hoped we could get a draw. Losing to Villa is not the end of the world. It's just, it's just you would have hoped we would have performed a bit better. Mm. I mean, we have to talk about Bequeta because we all we always say, you know, it doesn't get better. Lucas Bequeta, even though we're not allowed to call him that anymore because it's a wrong pronunciation. But my only concern with him, X, is that yes, the flicks and tricks are great, and at moments he, he leaves you a gasp. But he can be very casual on the ball, and it cost us for one of the goals. I mean, you know, with the penalty, yes, it was a reckless challenge, but but he was put in that situation by Lucas. And does it worry you a little bit when it comes to his style of play? Yeah, definitely. I mean, look, I love him, and, and we all love to be entertained. He's in a similar mould as you know, Canio and other flair players that we've had over the years. And sometimes, as you said, he does brilliant bits of skill where he takes two people out with one turn or one flick, and you think, wow, and that's great. Often, though, mate, and I, I, I'm not digging him out either because I, th- I, I really like him, and I, and I think he's a great, great player. Often that skill happens in the middle of the park. Mm. Mm. Which which has is okay and it creates things and it's brilliant, um, but it's not game changing. Unfortunately, today it has been game changing. He's passed, but that's because it was game changing for the wrong reasons. Uh, for me, Lucas is a brilliant, brilliant player, but until he can start scoring and creating chances more consistently, then there's still more to give from him. Because yeah, great, he does get attacks going. I think he's had a great season. I think he could be Hammer of the Year. But I want to see more productivity from him at the end of the day in the attacking third. And sometimes he is too casual, and that was shown today. And and Alvarez is guilty of being quite reckless as well. You know, I'm not turning from being a positive season to a negative season. I'm just judging it on today's performance. Alvarez can be reckless. He's been booked numerous times for challenges. I think he would have been better just standing up and shattering the guy today um and he didn't and but he was under pressure from packers past um so you know all around it's a bad day at the office i don't want to dwell too much on how poor we were because we were but i do think we can turn it around quite quickly and win against olympiacos or even a draw out there a win against everton and then a win against arsenal the couple we're still uh, we're feeling positive again aren't we so but yeah in individual performances today are what cost us but why do you think x when it almost seemed to me like the entire stadium could see antonio was having an absolute shocker does he stay on the pitch for that long lack of options again and and yes there are is it though well a lack of options in moise's mind i think it's probably the key thing not to others you know we would all say like what what we said bowing kudos you know, even Obama, even Ings, there are options. But for David Moyes, I think the system he plays, he, he almost seems that only Antonio is the only one he can trust up front. But I think I think he's got to start having some plan B. He talks about Bowen being the alternative to play up front. Well, then let's start doing that more because Antonio, if he at the moment he's going to get him, either get himself injured or this is going to continue for him for a while, unless we can give him a kick up the arse again, because Antonio does this. Antonio 
is is really good for periods, and you think, oh, you know, he's brilliant, he's proven all the doubters wrong, and then he'll have three or four games where he doesn't perform, and then you'll get he'll get the doubters again, and then he'll turn it around, and then and and the key is when he's out of form, he's having those bad patches. Then you need to have an alternative. And, mm. and we well, don't. one positive to come out of today was the burger review. The away day burger review, which really was the highlight of the day, wasn't it? Yeah. And let's be honest. What what I'm I'm struggling to remember it. What was the official rating we gave that burger? Was it a nine? Gave, I think we gave it a nine, mate. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was nine. I mean, I think there was other highlights. So they had some good company as well. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean to be so, fair, yeah. Yeah. No, I, and I am gonna come to that. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> but, um, but <laughs> Burger was solid. Burger did its job today. It performed all its roles very well. You know, it, 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 it was meant to have a good bun. Not my style of bun, but it was a solid bun. And the, the key element of any successful burger is the meat. The meat was top draw. Price was acceptable. The onions were, were fine. The cheese was good. They had mm. a, a range of sauces. So when all elements of a team perform well like that, then you're going to do well, aren't you? And, and fair play to the burger today. You know, it did itself proud. Yeah, absolutely. A great day for Aston Villa all round, really, when you think about it. And, um, well, they're top of our burger league there as well. Well, they are. They are. And, and you know uh, Emery can fucking do everything, can't he? Yeah. Get, 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 get some playing well, gets the, the I told you West Ham snapped him up. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's actually an interesting one. You know, I was talking to someone who was quite heavily involved with you know, Emery, I think, still is. And he said he was on the brink of joining West Ham at one point, and then something changed last minute, and it changed the West Ham, and he sort of went further apart than they were. But at one point, he was due to be manager. So when you look at when you look at what he's achieved, um, it's a bit of a disappointment, isn't it? But there we are. That's an, well, it, that's well, it is. Story for it, another and, day. Well, well, it is, and. You know, again, I don't want to appear reactionary because I think up until today, everyone was happy. So I don't want to be one of these people that like, fucking hell, we're in a crisis. What a nightmare day it's been. We're fucked. David Moyes is shit. You know, I don't want to be one of those people because only last week we were really praising him because to be fair, you know, I said myself that, and I was Moyes out. And to be fair, am I still Moyes out? That's a good question I've asked myself there. Um... You're not boys out now. That would be reactionary, like you. You can't after it's what, just yeah, a trophy. Yeah, but it's it's not that X. It's it's a case of I was always Moyes out. Have I ever have I ever actually declared myself Moyes in? I think you have. I think you have. I, think, I? So, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I think what I have done from memory is say that you've either got to back him or sack him, and. Mm. I think, you know, if you look at... Because the thing is, again, to go back to last week's podcast, I said I've seen changes in the way we play. To be fair to David Moyes, I have. Yeah, so you, you can't know, I, I think after been, one bad performance. I, of course, no, of, of course not. I totally, I totally understand that. But, you know, again, to go back to what I was saying, you know, we, we, we've I think we've been more expansive. We've been more progressive. I think, you know, in terms of our pressing of defences, that's been very good. I think his in-game management has been good so far this season. And prior to coming into this game, we were seventh in the league and we're doing well in Europa. So you can't just literally set fire to all of that because we've we've had a bad day at Aston Villa. You can't do. And I'm desperately trying not to. But then, I don't know, at the same time, I'm thinking, well, if David Moyes is in a contractual situation where, as it stands, at the end of the season, he's due to leave West Ham... I I I I go back to saying I I don't I'm not comfortable with that. 
I'm not comfortable with that for his sake. I think we've either got a, well, we either should have sacked him or backed him. We've said it so many times. And um, I don't know, would I feel comfortable with David Moyes getting a two or three year contract? I think possibly. But then again, it begs the argument as to who's who's out there to replace him. We're, we're not skilled enough on the European market to look at w- what manager can come in and do a better job than David Moyes. You know, we, we did put up the arguments of Postacoglu at Tottenham when he was at Celtic. Um, Unai Emery, that was an argument that was in there, both of which have done fantastically well at their clubs. Would I like to see either of those at West Ham and see what they can achieve with us? Yes, I would. But now they're taken... Again, it's not a question for us, but who else is out there? That is throw, the problem. I'll throw one name into the mix. I mean, I don't know if he's if he's ready for West Ham yet. Um, and I'm not saying I would even take him right now. Um, but they, I, I'll throw, in fact, I'll throw two names out of there, and they're both um, impressive in similar ways. Um, and that is Leicester and Ipswich's manager. Okay, so Leicester's manager is, uh, what's his name? Enzo Marikena or something like that. He used to be a coach at West Ham under Pellegrini. Um, he was actually linked with the role at West Ham before um, when David Moyes was, you know, in a bit of trouble last season. He was linked with moving to West Ham and then and, and he's coming as his, like, a, a job at Leicester. And Leicester are, like, cruising it in, um, in league. Um, in championship and another one just below Leicester and he's done a great job is Ipswich's manager now he he's called Kieran McKenna he used to work at Manchester United as a coach he took Ipswich up from League One last season he was they were the all-time uh, not the all-time the top scorers in um in the whole of the football league um over the two divisions and now Ipswich sit second in the league um in the league now, and Leicester and Ipswich are, are significantly ahead of the other clubs. So, really, both looking to, yeah, both look like they're going to come up to the Premier League. So that'd be two straight promotions for McKenna, who you could say is inexperienced, but then he has spent a long period being a coach at Manchester United, and a lot. You know, I don't live that far from Ipswich, and a lot of my sort of in-laws and stuff at Ipswich fans and they absolutely love him they love the style of football they love what he's achieved he's young um, and the same can be said for Leicester's manager so there's two that you that you could possibly look at um, I, I'm not saying I would do that for David Moyes right now but at the end of the season they would if, if the decision is for Moyes to go they would with two I'd throw in there now of course the argument is neither of managing the Premier League and if West Ham are going to be successful and go on to to achieve as much if not more than what we've achieved then we need a top 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 manager another one that's setting the world alight at the moment and has strong links to West Ham through Tim Steinton is um uh, Xavi Alonso. Now he is obviously going to be hot, hot property because Stuck, um, is it Stuck on Leverkusen? Wherever, whichever one he's at, Leverkusen, I think, are, uh, um, he's doing really, really well there. Um, so of course, with his, with his pedigree and stuff, he's going to be, um, he's going to be, uh, 
uh, highly sought after, um, and and he and he is um, doing brilliantly out there. So he's another person through Tim Steinton that you could potentially look at. I mean, you know, his playing career speaks for itself. You know, Liverpool, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, Spanish international. You know, he's done everything in the game as a player, and he seems to be achieving stuff as a manager as well. So there are three names out there that, if I if you were to say to me any of them, I I would. You know, I'd think they were good options. But at the moment, I think it's too early to be calling for alternatives to Moyes. We've got to let Moyes do the rest of the season. You know, if we, we win against Olympiacos or get a draw out there, we beat Everton and beat Arsenal. You know, you're suddenly looking at a very, a very exciting two weeks because you know beating Arsenal would put us in a very good position in the League Cup beating Everton would get us back on track top half of the table I mean we're still ninth so it's not like we're right down there another win um, would put us you know good eighth or seventh and then a, a result in Olympiacos would be um, a good result in Europe so on track for that so I think we need to get things into perspective and just think yes a bad day at the office but let's just Put it down to that and take a judgment in a bit further down the line when we know when we know exactly um, how we're performing. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I mean, the problem is, mate, when you look at the fans' reaction, this is what I've said for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks now, is that if you're going to implement this style of play that David Moyes implements with the players that he's got and the qualities that he's that he has and you don't win, you're gonna get stick ten times more than a manager that has these players, goes out, plays exciting football, has a go, attacks, and it just doesn't come off. It, you're always gonna have it. Because actually up until today, people were raving about David Moyes. You know, I I gave credit where credit's due. And of course I don't want to be reactionary on the back of one game because going into it, we were seventh and we're, we're doing well in the Europa League and the squad's looking fantastically well. But I, I just, I don't know, mate. It, it's 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 a real tricky one because, again, for me, you look at the changes he made in-game, which only last week I said it seemed to be picking up. Today just confused me. Maybe it was just a bad day at the office for David Moyes, not just West Ham and the players, but for David Moyes. Because I look at the... The, the sort of tactical nous that he showed today and, and and it just absolutely confused me. And it's almost like West Ham go out and we play the counter-attack and that's fine if we can defend against what's coming at us and we can execute 
what comes through us in front of goal and we get the win and everyone's happy. But if we can't do that, then we've watched shit football and we've seen West Ham lose and everyone's got the right ump. And the biggest problem I think David Moyes has got tactically is that he never, ever seems to have a plan B. And I think that's one of my biggest gripes with him. <coughs> so yeah, he goes into a game with a strategy, a strategy that he must have worked on with the players. But if it doesn't go his way, we're fucked. And and I, I don't want to start talking about other managers and, and who could do what and this, that and the other. But, you know, it is on my wish list, really, to see someone on that touchline that can do something revolutionary at West Ham and start to make changes, change formations, use certain players in certain ways that maybe us as fans hadn't thought about because, you know, we all think we know our football and just someone that can excite you. But with David, I think it's always a bit of a challenge in that respect with in-game management. You know what I mean? And it's it's a problem because the longer I think David Moyes is in charge of West Ham playing this certain way, the more time other teams in the Premier League get to understand and learn how we play and how to play against that. Oh, yeah. It's very, so, it's very... so it's very predictable. And yeah. that's a problem, X. That's a real issue for oh, yeah, us. I, I do agree with that, definitely. I mean, today, you know, like I sort of celebrate, I like, I always do when I get something right, I do that. Like emoticon things, Shay, I, look, I got it right. I hate having to do that because it's very against what my, I hope you'll agree, what my personality is. Like it's sort of very sort of showing off and stuff. But the reason I do it is, I mean, people know just to sort of show we're not keen. Oh, he knows fuck all. Oh, there's another thing, there's another thing, there's another thing. Anyway, I've got the team right today and, you know, as I do <coughs> in the league, it's very hard for me to get it wrong because of the sources I've got, harder for me to get the team in Europe. But anyway, when that team came out, I, I, I didn't even need to check that really. I could have told you that was what the team was going to be um, without having to look at it. I knew there was no injuries. I knew whilst he was dilemmering playing kudos or Antonio, I knew really deep down he was going to play Antonio. And that team is so predictable because he's done the same team constantly because he obviously believes that is the best team but you know there's been players that haven't been performing in those teams in that team like for example obviously Antonio today um but you know there's been calls for Gwed um previously as well but again no thought to play Mavropanos or or Ogbonna um you know I'd Shafau at times I thought he's actually had a good season but you know you in the, uh, today, I don't think he was great. Would Will Kara come in for him or Johnson or you know alternative right back? Probably not. I've, you know when we play Everton, you pretty much know unless he goes and surprises us. Or I could end up looking an idiot here, but uh, you pretty much know roughly what the eleven's going to be for Everton. If there's not any injuries, it's whether he's going to actually drop Antonio now or not would be the dilemma. But the rest of the players, you can pretty much guarantee what the team's going to be, and therefore. So can the opposition. You know, the opposition knows exactly what West Ham's teams would be. They know they're going to play this way. If you noticed with Aston Villa, like today, when we, were, you know, we actually we'll talk about it probably later. I'm sure, but we were actually surrounded by Aston Villa fans, and occasionally you overhear conversations. And I overheard a guy sat behind me today, and he was saying West Ham play on the counter. So we've set up really well for that. You know, we're playing um, a high line um, so we can try and catch them offside. Um, you know, we're, 
we're we're set up to deal with their counter attack, and this is a guy just sitting up sitting up in the stands. So if he can he can call that, then obviously a top Premier League club with the scouts and the management and so on can. And I and I just think they knew how to play against us today, and and they did they did they did that. And yeah, it is a worry that there's no plan B. But as I said, I don't want to get too carried away. It's one defeat. It's one defeat. You know, last week we did well against Newcastle, should have beat the Newcastle or a top team. You know, they had some very dodgy decisions go their way. Had we beat Newcastle last week, which, oh, well, before the transfer window, which, as I said, I think we should have with the incidents and the, and the balance of play. You know, you, you're looking at two more points than what we've got now, and then that makes the league look um, look look better. You know, we're currently sitting ninth of 14 points. If we had those two points, um, we'd be like on, like not on goal difference, but on points would be joint sixth. You know, see, it's fine margins, and I don't think one performance against Villa, who are a good sit, good team, d- defines our season. You know, the next three or four, five games, you've got to look for a West Ham to play better than that, of course, because then the pressure's on Moyes. But I'm trying not to be reactionary, and I hope West Ham fans will do the same and just think, right, bad day at the office, but he's, he's got to get something sorted of Antonio because that wasn't good enough. But let's just see what he does rather than annihilate him and everyone else. I do know what you're saying, but it is still incredibly frustrating. And I know you're frustrated as well, X. So I don't want to paint you out to be like the Moyes in boy because I know you share the same frustrations as everyone. I've driven up there. I know. I know. And I've driven back now. I'm doing a podcast talking about that. I know. So I'm not happy. But on the grand scheme of things, I've seen West Ham play like that before. And I've seen like the, them play like that consistently, like that for long periods under other managers and other times and so on, that I'm not going to let one game judge my performance, uh, determine my performance. My I, I totally agree. And, and up until coming into this game, we were all buzzing. We were yeah, all talking exactly. about how well West Ham are doing. How exactly. and, and Again, to reiterate, you know, I, I was talking about some of the changes that Im- impressed me that I think David Moyes has made in his management. He seems more braver with opposition and he seems a little bit more tactically nous and, and tactically braver when it comes to making certain changes and changes that made sense to me. But yes, you can look at it as a bad day at the office, but at the same time, what is a little bit of a worry is it seems to me like regardless of who we play, we have this counter-attacking style. And I just think that makes sense for a certain squad of players. But if you've got the squad of players we've got, I mean, fuck me. If you look at the final third, we are potentially putting out Lucas Paqueta, Mohamed Kudus and Jared Bowen. That's a nightmare for defenders, that. I mean, if if you're going out to proactively have a go at teams with those three sitting behind a striker... I'll tell you what, you're in with a puncher's chance, aren't you? I mean, that is quality sitting behind a striker there. And if Mickey turns up, as we know that he often does, and often doesn't, like he didn't today, you know, that's that's a real false. And I, I, I'm a big believer in you've got to play the system and the um, the tactics that your squad allows you to play. And one uh, argument that Sam Allardyce had for years is if I don't have the tools... I can't do the job that everyone wants me to do. And I understand that. If you've got a load of shit 
then really you've just got to try and survive or scrape past or nick a win or play the long ball or play your strengths. I get it. But when you've got the quality in the squad that we've got, I'm sorry, mate, we shouldn't be playing this way. We shouldn't be playing this way. Yeah, and we're not. That, it's a one-off. Well, is it, though? I mean, well, this it's is a what... one-off that we've got batter. I mean, when else have we, you know, even against <coughs> um, when we played Liverpool and Manchester City, we gave them a game. No, we didn't win, we lost, but we, we gave them a decent game. This is the only game where there's been a, a margin of that much. Um, we and- did, and, I, and I'm probably letting last season creep into this argument now, which probably isn't fair because we're a different squad now. And um, like I say, I've given a lot of praise to David Moyes over the last few performances. But, you know, I go back to the predictability of him always going one way. And yes, he knows his best 11, which is a quality. That's a good thing. That's a positive, not a negative. He knows his best 11. But if you're an opposition and you're clever, you'll know that he knows his best 11. So you'll know who you're coming up against and you know how they're going to play. And I just think, honestly, and I go back to saying this, if you're going to play that way and you win, it's all good. We're happy hammers. If you're going to play that way with this group of players and you lose... It's not acceptable, especially when you get spanked 4 1. Home or away, we shouldn't be spanked 4 1 by anyone in this day and age. We shouldn't no, be. No, we and shouldn't that's have. a worry. Yeah, well, of course it's a worry, definitely, but it's a worry and that's it. In my opinion, it's not a worry that then leads to, leads to a sacking. It's a worry that needs. No, of course not. No, there's people that are out there calling for that already. It's a worry. He needs to address it. He needs to definitely sort out the Antonio situation. He needs to sort out the predictability. He needs to sort out the fact that we do get dominated at times. Definitely. You know, you're never going to have the perfect team. You know, you look at Manchester City and Arsenal and the teams that are meant to be challenging for the title. You know, they don't. They, they're not perfect. Um, so, you know, the, every team has their faults and has their... Yeah, but their style of play suits their squad of players, OX. Maybe ours, ours don't, in my opinion. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But but then, you know, there's still always... You know, you speak to any... Like, I think I was speaking to um, an Arsenal mate. You know, I was sort of like seeing how, how he thinks Arsenal have done it. I haven't had a chance to watch it. And he was saying yesterday against Chelsea... They started all wrong. He had he had the midfield that the, he said like Declan was too far over on the left. He said that the other midfielders were not in the right positions. He said they didn't play well at all for the first I don't know sixty minutes or whatever it was. And then he said that, that then Arteta changed it. And yeah, there is the difference. He's changed it, but he changed yeah. it, and he got them. He got them playing better, but from the start it was terrible. And you know this is a this is a team that are changing. Yeah, but they're also joint top. Yeah, they are, but then they've just spent 105 million on one player and, and a lot more on top of that with other players. So they're going to they're gonna have that um, difference. But at the end of the day, mate, we were throwing, you know, super late. Was that how well the team are doing this season? And and you you have to remember we are fighting on four, although the FA Cup hasn't started yet, four different um, fronts at this point. And, you know, we go into that game against Villa, we've lost it. Many teams will lose against Villa this season. Villa are a concerned contender for a, you know, European sport. They're probably not quite there for Champions League, even though at the moment they are, but they're certainly going to be up there. You know, if they, I wouldn't, 
I wouldn't bet against Aston Villa finishing the top six. So they're going to be a top team away from home. And yes, we didn't play that well. But, you know, if Pakatar hadn't have given that ball to Alvarez, it's all fine margins. You know, if a couple of chances had been taken at 2-1, you know, there was a period where we had three, four corners. If one of them had got had gone in, then, it, then you're talking about a completely different result. So I think, yes, it was a bad day at the office. The score suggests that. But I think there's no need to get massively carried away with how bad it was. I think he's got clear things he needs to sort out. He'll he'll change the type the side for an NPR cost anyway, so he's gonna he's gonna automatically make that change against them. I wouldn't be surprised, and obviously I don't know the team. This is just uh, me guessing. But um, that if Antonio is dropped, I, I wouldn't even be surprised if, if he you know if he's he starts on the bench or even if he doesn't even play, even take him out there. But I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't start against an NPR cost. You'll probably start with Bowen up front with Kudos in, and if they perform well and score, uh, maybe uh, then that's your solution, and then he, then it'll be up to him whether he carries that into Everton, so he could immediately fix the problem within th- three four days. Um, so I don't think it, I think it was bad. It was not good. I'm not happy with today. You know, again, I've given up my weekend, driven up there, driven back, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, to see a poor performance. It was a poor performance that needs addressing, but that's what it is. Take that and then move, and that's what we need to do for the time being. Of course, if these opinions, sorry, if these performances continue and that's the way it is for the next three, four, five games, then you need to be more drastic about it. But I, I think we'll be Everton next weekend and then things are back on track. It, then we have to see how we do against an Olympiacos and Arsenal. You know, if we get results there, mate, then we're happy again. So let's just take it as a bad day at the office and see how he responds to that. I mean, Danny Ings isn't the most popular of signings that West Ham have made. And I think it's widely reported how much he's on. So he's doing well out of West Ham. But he hasn't delivered against that. He doesn't add any value against the huge amount of money he's earning every week. Why is he coming on over a Mabama? I can't answer that, and that is another that is another issue I would have with with Moyes because he even like today, you know, Ings came on for what I don't know how long it was four minutes was it five minutes I don't know maybe no it was longer than that I think how long was it I'm not I can't I'm remember. not sure I think it, I think it was longer than that I'm not yeah. I'm not well, entirely well, sure let, let's I can look in like two seconds let's just have a quick look exactly how long it was like he he was on for. Um, Sorry, West Ham. He was on for. This is where I need my glasses as well. Uh, he was on. He came on the eighty-sixth minute. So oh, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, actually, I mean, he wasn't on for that long then. Not really, but I mean, there was seven minutes of extra yeah. time. So let's just, yeah. let's just call it ten minutes, roughly. Yeah. Right. So the, we were already like fucking, like battered at that point anyway. So today you can't put any blame on Ings. You know, there's nothing really he could have done. Interestingly, I didn't think he got much of a reception from Aston Villa fans, which mm. I was surprised at because yeah. we signed him from there and I thought he was meant to be decent for them. Got a better reception at Anfield from memory. But um, I, um, yeah, he did. 
this is the scenario when you, when you bring on Mabama because the game's dead. You know, Ings is not going to get a hat trick in that time and, and change the game completely on its head. So this is the perfect time you play Mabama because you've got nothing to lose. You build up a bit of experience for him in the Premier League. There's nothing to lose. You know, if he doesn't even touch the ball, well, no one's going to remember because the side, you know, battered anyway at that point. So you use this about this time to build up his experience and to give him um, time. There's no point in being on the bench if he's never going to get a look in. Um, and Ings has proven, or not proven, whatever way you want to look at it, that he struggles to play that single striker role. Um, and so why do we keep persisting? Even just looking at the two players, if you didn't hadn't seen either of them play and you was to stand them next to each other and make them do a few sprints and you know, you look, you look at them and you can see just physically Mabama is better suited to being that one man, you know, he's a bigger, he's a bigger target, he's stronger on the ball, he's quicker, he's better at dribbling, more pacey. So you can see that it's a better option. So again, I would, I, I do question that about Moyes, the whole striker situation, but it's been the situation like that throughout Moyes' career. I can't remember the exact stat, but I read like since he was manager of Everton, the amount of strikers he's actually signed have been very, very few. He's either relied mm. on ones that were already at the club, whichever club he took over, and then or brought in other forwards that have done that have done all right, um, but not many, or done what he's done at West Ham the whole time. You know, convert an Alcevich to a forward, convert Antonio to a forward, convert Bowen to a forward. You know, so he's as a defensive coach, and if you listen to our Mark Warburton interview, he 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 said that David Moyes a lot of his emphasis and so on is on defending. And as a former defender, you know he that's the field that he knows best as such. So it does beg the question: he does dominate the scene in the coaching staff. That was clear from that interview. Maybe he needs to relax that and give more power to someone that can work with the forwards and getting someone in. I don't know, but yeah, for me, it should be Mabama over Ings now. It, it, certainly in those situations, you know, when you're bringing someone on for 10 minutes at the end, you know, if, if Mabama, let's just say, had nicked a goal or even done a few decent things, that's so good for his confidence. Danny Ings has been there, done that, has got the, got the contract now, so you could question whether the motivation's there. Um, he's seeing out his career now. Obama's trying to make a career. His salary will be on, like, I can't do the quick maths, but I would go with about certainly more than, less than 10% of what um, of what Ings is on. Um, it's probably less than, like, 5%, if not even more than that. So, yeah, the salaries don't even compare. So he's trying to prove himself in the football world and therefore give him the chance to do that. No, he, he, we should have sent him out on loan. If he's just going to sit on the bench the whole time mm. at West Ham, send him out on loan to a championship or League One side like we, we did with Jermaine Defoe back in the day. Jermaine Defoe went and broke scoring records at Bournemouth and that set him up for the rest of his career. Obama mm. is like a situation now where he's not playing first-team football, so he's not developing. So, yeah, I again, I question why Moyes is doing that, and that would be another thing for me to want to see improvement on the whole forward situation because he's the biggest Achilles heel at the moment, Moyes. 
Yeah, I mean, when it comes to Danny Ings, I, I feel like I'm in a similar situation and mindset that I was with Jack Wilshere. You know, Jack Wilshere came here on a bit of a promise and, and we, we'd hoped to get him at his best again. And really and truly, he was just creaming it out of the club, giving fuck all back. And I, I don't know how I feel <laughs> when it comes to Danny Ings. Yes, he's creaming it out of the club. And listen, let's cut to the chase, X. Me and you both know how much he earns at West Ham. It's a pretty fucking penny. It ain't so for change, right? But then at the same time, you know, when it comes to Danny, is it more a case of, well, as is often the case with strikers, the system doesn't fit the player. So then he... he, Moyes didn't even want him. Well, well, there is that as well. But then, you know, if if this is a gift from David Sullivan, like we know that that it is... Fucking hell, why gift him? You know, and, and the thing is, it's not Moyes' money, it's David Sullivan's money. But he must look at it and think, fuck me, why have I blown that amount of money on Danny Ings? But again, this is why football owners shouldn't get involved to that extent. It should be football managers run everything for me. I mean, in modern day football, you look at fucking technical directors, operational directors, and all these different people that are coming in, pulling strings. You know, give me the old days of a football manager runs everything, and he's employed by the owners. You know, in what world is it normal for an owner to buy a player and just put it on the lap of a manager that might not even fancy him? Because we're not, we're not talking about 20, 30, 40 quid that the owners are parting with. It's millions of pounds, and it's millions of pounds in wages. Why do it? It's so fucking weird. It is so weird, especially when you look at how Danny Ings hasn't adapted to our system because he probably ain't the right fucking player to adapt to our system. So why sign him? You know, and again, I'm on Moise's side there. But then on the flip side, I think, well, if you didn't want him, Moise, and he don't fit into your system... Why don't you give Obama, uh, Mabama a run out? Because every time he's turned out for the first team, he's done really well. And yes, Ings has scored a few goals, but Mabama is up and coming. He's for the future. It's what you alluded to. So give him a run out. Run out. So in that specific scenario with Danny Ings and Mabama, and should he be here, should he not, and who should get on the pitch and who shouldn't, I, 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 it's just, honestly, it's a conundrum. I don't understand why this is so complicated on both sides. Why did David Sullivan side Danny Ings? And why does David Moyes not pick Mabama, who's done well when he's been given the opportunity and is the future, over Danny Ings that he never fancied in the first place? It, honestly, mate, it, it doesn't make sense, does it? Really, no. And this is, yeah, and this is the ongoing, like I said, the ongoing problem with the forward situation. And I, I think, if possible, what we have to do in January, obviously you can't do anything before, is try and get Danny Ings to move on. As harsh as that is, you, you, the wages are too high for the output that he's giving. It's not his fault. The wages he's on, you know, he, he's obviously going to take the maximum amount he can get. As of course. Would. So, so it's not his fault. He earns what he does, but we've got to try and get him out. Get him on loan to someone. You know, he'd probably do a good job for one of the sort of lower lower Premier League teams that are battling against relegation. You know, maybe Bournemouth. You know, Bournemouth have got Solanke, so they might not want him. But he started his career at Bournemouth at professional level. Maybe they'll take him. You know, you look at maybe Luton would have him. I'm sure Sheffield United would have him. Even someone like Nottingham Forest when they're 
Oh boy, where his name is is out, then they could use him. I know Wood scored a couple at the weekend, but you know, looking at the lower half of the table, there's teams there. I'm, I'm sure that would take Danny Ings or teams at the top of the championship. Of course, they wouldn't be able to afford his wages, so we'd have to probably do a deal where we split some of it. But there's there's got to be options for him because he's a proven scorer of goals and in the right system he's only 31 it's not like he's 35 he's got a couple of seasons left in him to get goals in the right system he probably will get goals so you've got to get him out on loan in January you've got to make a decision on Mabama if Mabama is not going to figure for us now then he needs to go out on loan too I, I would suggest there wouldn't probably be a Premier League taker for him because he's not proven at Premier League level but certainly I would hope a top or a decent championship side would take him if not the top league one side so he can go out and score some goals and get some confidence and then we have to try and bring someone in January it might not even be the long-term solution as a forward it, you know you you might look to get someone on with a loan of a view to buy you know I know as I've reported on Patreon that we're looking at that Stuttgart forward his form's been sensational if we can get him brilliant but we but we, do, we have to go out and actually try and solve our forward situation you know we've had attempts at it we've had Hilaire we've had Skamaka we've had Ings you know none of them have found we've got to look very carefully at the type of forward that we're looking to sign um, and and go out and get the right one we've got Tim Steinton now who is supposedly one of the best you know identifiers of talent in the world you know he's he's acting almost like Sullivan's second in command at the moment from what I've heard in the backroom staff and stuff he advises Sullivan regularly and Sullivan is accepting of his advice hence why he appoints him so he needs to listen to him and he needs to try and bring in a, a top striker because it's so it's so obvious and you know any manager I'm sure if Moyes was to suddenly get the sack or walk or whatever any manager that came in now would be looking to bring in a new forward in January I, I can't imagine any other manager would come in and not do that so mm. we have to do we, we have to do that you know yes Boeing provides an alternative Cornet may even provide an alternative you know it's hard to say because we've never seen it but there are alternatives but there's no you know real right this is our this is our top forward what we have to bear in mind as well is Antonio's 33 so even even if Antonio was performing at the very top of his game he hasn't got that long left so it, it, it's a it's an absolute no-brainer that we have to try and sort out this forward situation going forward. Yeah, you know, Antonio's absolutely. our top scorer in the Premier League, mate, and you know, which is fair play to him and credit, and a great servant of the club. You, know, you can't knock him. Brilliant servant of the club. He'll be remembered for years to come. Great, but the fact that he is our top scorer in the Premier League does mm. show that we haven't really um, had many top top quality strikers since we've been the Premier League recently. So yeah, yeah it's got it's got to be fixed sooner rather than later. I'm not going to completely destroy Antonio on his days unplayable. You know, I was talking to the, one of the fellas that we were with today at the, at the stadium, and I was saying some fans, opposition fans, will say to me, "Oh, I hate hate Antonio." Like my mate. One of my best mates, a big Chelsea fan, and he says he hate, like he's always like, oh, here we go, Antonio again, and he hates playing West Ham because he thinks Antonio tears them apart. The guy at the game today was a Spurs fan, <laughs> and I, 
you know, we were with, he was saying he hates playing against Antonio, like, because he always does well against them. But then there'll be other clubs that, like, I could hear around people around us today at the game saying, God, he's shit. What do, what do the boys see in him? And that is just Mickey Antonio to a T. One day, world class, the next day, awful, even in the same game. One moment, world class, the next moment, awful. And that's mm. what we have. And um, so he has his credentials. He has his strengths. He, he's worth having in the squad. He's worth starting certain games, but you can't have that as your only option. No. Well, at full time, certain players just went straight down the tunnel. And um, I think some of those players, and it could be more than this, were Antonio, Alvarez and Paqueta. How do you feel about that? I think that's disappointing. I do. Like, you know, you're not going to go over to the fans and start going crazy in front of them because you just lost 4-1. So you have to, and you know you're probably going to get some abuse, but you have to show respect to the fans to do that. And it's a small token gesture that means so much you know you go over there you give them a little clap almost like a sort of sympathetic look like sorry we haven't been we haven't performed today you know safe journey home type thing and you go it takes like 10 yards 20 yards 30 seconds job done so to just walk down the tunnel and not do that to me just shows a, a lack of respect you know it really does the fans don't earn anywhere near, or well, probably most don't earn anywhere near what the what these players are earning. They travel up and down the country. You know, West Ham away fans are amazing, as they always have been. Travel up and down the country to see these players. They put in a terrible, you know, get a terrible result like that. And then they can't even, the players can't even go over and just, like, acknowledge the fans for their commitment to the cause. I just think it's poor. You know, it's very, very you know, it doesn't, it doesn't change the result. It doesn't change the performance. It's not, you know, it's not a, a hugely important thing to do in terms of the actual success on the pitch, but in terms of making fans feel an affiliation to them as players and as a team, I think it's really, really important. You know, credit to the likes of Chafal and Suchek. They always do it, and they always make sure that they do that, but other players don't, and it's, it's sad because it's egotistical, and it's just disappointing and disrespectful. And, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm not going to stand here and slaughter those players for it, but I just think it's sad that they don't feel the necessity to do that. Okay, it's that time again. Calling all West Ham fans. Are you a patron of the West Ham way? If not, why not? For the price of a point, you get top quality content on a daily basis to include the famous West Ham way podcast with Dave and X. Over 100 interviews with ex-players and celebrity fans. Mad Dog Bites with Martin Allen. A show with Tony Cotty. The U Irons podcast, the West Ham Way USA, a transfer window show with Demis Chef, an expert pre-match analysis. There are virtual events with ex-players, written articles, match day discussion, away day burger reviews, in-depth match reports, and if you want to be the first to get reliable, accurate, exclusive news on all club affairs, you'll get exactly that from the best ITK in the business, ex-West Ham United employee. All that and more delivered to your phone for a fiver a month. It's the daddy. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.